0: Hello and welcome to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, and I'm coming to you from the studios of the Coming Home Network International. Now, in this episode of Deep in Scripture, I'd like to take a slightly different tact. And let me begin by emphasizing that the comments I'm making are only my own thoughts, not necessarily those of the Coming Home Network or EWTN or maybe anybody else in the world, maybe just me. But as few of us can deny, the last few months have been a confusing and sad chaos as we wait for the leadership of the Catholic Church to address the public details of the past and present sexual abuse scandals. Then several weeks ago, now the administrative committee of the USCCB released a statement in response to this scandal. Now I've been waiting to comment on this publicly primarily to hear whether anyone else saw it the same way that I'm seeing it. And since I've pretty much only heard crickets in relationship to this particular subject I want to address, I thought I'd finally offer maybe one more simple suggestion to help with the present crisis. Amongst the list of the Administrative Committee's proposed action, Item 3 states that the committee has, quote, initiated the process of developing a code of conduct for bishops regarding the sexual abuse of a minor, sexual harassment of or sexual misconduct with an adult, or negligence in the exercise of his office related to such cases. End of quote. Now wait. Did I hear this correctly? Seriously. Or is it just me? Looking at this from my former evangelical Protestant perspective, it sounds downright embarrassing. I mean, really? A code of conduct? What? After 2,000 years, the Administrative Committee of the Bishops of the United States feels it is time, high time, mind you, to establish a code of conduct for how bishops, alter Christus, ought to act? Is it just me? I still suspect that even as I'm speaking these words, there are hundreds of the usual commentators typing away at their suggestions on how to clean up this mess. But if I could, I'd like to pass along just one simple suggestion. I realize it pales in comparison to all the wiser, more substantial suggestion, but, but hear me out. The answer to the present crisis, including a supposed new, quote, code of conduct, end of quote, is summarized, I think, in the following statement, quote, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, and make holiness perfect in the fear of God. End of quote. Now, does this sound reasonable? Does it sound novel? Is this something the Administrative Committee of the Bishops of the United States of America has never heard before? But my point is not in the obvious, important, essential, critical content of this simple statement. My point is this. Do you know where this statement comes from? If you were to ask any bishop in America, especially those on the administrative committee of the USCCB, whether they've heard the statement before, and if so, where it comes from, Would any of them be able to tell you? Now, don't go Googling it right this moment. Seriously. Have you ever heard this statement? And if so, where is it found? I can guarantee you that every Catholic who attends Mass regularly has heard this statement. But I'm even more certain that every priest, bishop, and cardinal in America has read this passage at least once per year as long as they have been ordained. But where is it from? If in a pinch you had to find it right now, if your life depended on it, how long would it take you to find it? In case you're wondering, that statement is from the second letter of one of our earliest bishops, St. Paul of Tarsus, to the Christians in the troubled church in Corinth, chapter 7, verse 1. Now here's another statement I wonder if you or the administrative committee of the USCCB has ever heard, and if so, <clears throat> might know where to find. Quote, Strive for peace with all men, and for the holiness of without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fail to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble, and by it the many become defiled, that no one be immoral or irreligious." Again, every priest, bishop, or cardinal in America has read this passage but where does it come from? It's not just a question of whether they are striving for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord, or whether their policies, attitudes, and actions, or lack thereof, are producing a rampant root of bitterness amongst Catholics and non-Catholic Christians worldwide, or whether some of them have sadly become models of immorality or irreligion. No, my question is, do they even know where to find this passage? Do they know from their personal reading, devotion, and meditation that this passage is from the New Testament letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 14 through 16, that it closely follows another important passage, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, my simple suggestion? Well, there was supposedly a sign along the original Trans-Canadian Highway that read, Choose your rut carefully, for the rut you choose you'll be in for 200 miles. Now, certainly, lectionaries, braveries, the four-volume Liturgy of the Hours, and special prayer books for visiting the sick make life easier, quicker, organized, convenient for priestly and liturgical service. But I believe the most important gift that a bishop should present to his newly ordained priests is a Bible which should then become the center of their lives and ministry. From their one personal Bible, our priests should be able to do their daily prayers and meditations, their homily preparation, and their counsel in hospitals and home visitation. Rather than reading scripture text distributed amongst multiple sources out of the context of the entire canon of Scripture that was given by the Holy Spirit to the bishops centuries ago, they could come back many times every day of their ministries to this one source. They could grow to naturally remember key verses when needed in their counseling and when helping a parishioner or co-religious fight the good fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil and they could know from the daily reading of God's Word not only the above passages that I quoted, but that we already have a clear code of conduct that every Christian is called to follow, for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. One might certainly argue that deacons, priests, bishops, religious and cardinals do read Scripture every day when they obediently pray the Liturgy of the Hours or celebrate Mass. But I would suggest that for some reason, this routine reading of Scripture quotes, outside of the context of the Bible itself, doesn't seem to have made a lasting impression. At least to convince the Administrative Committee of the USCCB that there already exists a code of conduct and some might also argue that this hasn't seemed to stem the tide of a long-standing growing sexual abuse scandal amongst the hierarchy i was once visiting a, a food pantry at a local catholic parish a street person after receiving her allotment of food asked if she could have a bible to read even if just a new testament The deacon and volunteers were floored, flabbergasted. They had never had this request before. They searched the church and could not find a Bible, even a small New Testament, to give away to this poor seeker. And regrettably, they sent her away empty-handed. I would suggest that at least one point in this newly proposed quote Code of conduct, end of quote, should be that every priest, bishop, and cardinal own, open up, and prayerfully read daily, more important than any other book on their shelves, a personal Bible. My hope also is that when the USCCB eventually revises the Liturgy of the Hours, they will formulate it in such a way that deacons, priests, religious bishops, and laity are encouraged to pray it directly from their own Bibles so that their lives and ministries can all flow from one common inspired source. I know this is possible and personally rewarding because I have been praying the Liturgy of the Hours from my own Bible for many years. I once read a quote from St. Jerome in which he recommended that a priest should go to sleep at night with his head on the scriptures. He did not say on his breviary. Now one might argue, but they didn't have breviaries back there. And my answer, touche. Deep in Scripture is a production of the Coming Home Network International. To hear more episodes, view our full archive of written and video conversion stories, participate in our online community forum and more, visit chnetwork.org. You're also invited to explore free membership in the Coming Home Network and receive support on your own Catholic journey. Again, visit chnetwork.org for more information.